0: Individual therapy can be such a rewarding process. Unfortunately, a lot of people reject it because they're afraid of the unknown. I am Naya B, therapist, author, speaker, educator, and influencer. And I welcome you to do individual therapy with me. Take this journey and listen as unfiltered and unscripted brave souls heal and share their stuck points. My hope is that someone listening can relate to their stories and get a perspective on how real therapy takes place. Who knows? Maybe one day decide to get some therapy of their own. But when you do though, Just come do it with me, Naya B. All right, you guys, it's Naya B, and I am here with another episode of Doing It With Naya B. Today, you know, we're going to be processing some things. I want to just say that I encourage people to just kind of come on, be themselves, say what they need to say, and get it off their chest. I want you guys to know that this show is unscripted. No questions are sent to the clients beforehand or the guests beforehand. Um, I encourage people to just come on here and be their natural selves. So for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Naya B. I'm an author, therapist, public speaker, and professor, and amongst other things, influencer. And um, my main goal is to help people heal in their elements. So I want to introduce you guys, Terrence. Terrence um, has come to us today with some concerns, and I just want him to be able to process it in the most genuine form. So how you doing, Terrence?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right.
0: (laughs) So what what has brought you to uh, do this with me?
1: So, what's brought me to you is that I've come to a point in time in my life where I've acknowledged where certain triggers um, originate from. Um, at this point in time in my life, in the dating scene or relationship scene, um, I've noticed that I do have a bit of what some may label as relationship anxiety, um, but I. However, I understand that it does come from the relationship that I've had with my mother. Um, just from how things were, when it was just me and my mom. You know, I was being spoiled. I got almost any and everything I wanted. And uh, my mom, she she had she went through two marriages. The first marriage was, you know, I experienced seeing um, the abuse, physical abuse. Um, So at that point in time, I kind of built up this tough exterior being uh, overprotective of the women in my life and just in my family overall. Um, However, I've noticed that hasn't been too much of an issue when it comes to dating women. It's more so in regards to my mother's second marriage where um, the relationship between me and her Uh, I kind of started distancing myself because, you know, I got so used to everything. I got so used to having that loving and nurturing mother to where I noticed that she was more in tune with her husband and just more so choosing a man over her child. So I took with me as I grew up um, that I could never date a woman that, you know, chooses me over their child, especially if the child isn't mine, biologically speaking. Um, So, which, you know, hey, I'm okay with the woman making sure that she's taking care of her child first before she, you know, places, you know, a man before the child, especially if he's not the biological father. Um, I still have some, you know, level of priority in the relationship. Um, But my main issue is as to why I'm coming to you is because I um, compared the two as far as with like in a relationship, things are great. Things are, you know, everything's consistent. I'm being consistent. You know, someone I'm in a relationship is being very consistent. And as soon as I notice a change, it can be small. It just sets off an alarm. Like, oh, there's a possibility that she could be changing up on you. And that sets off anxiety past a hundred percent. Um, And I go into a panic and In that panic, I try to figure out so many different strategies as to try to keep her attention, you know, uh, focused on me. And so I'm coming to you is because I want to learn how to, um, with time, detach myself from that behavior, because it causes me to be more clingy, more needy. And women who have encountered, whether it be relationship or what they say nowadays, situationships, they feel smothered. So I'm coming to you because I know I need help in that department, period, because obviously health wise and mentally, it doesn't feel good. I don't like it. I don't want it in my life. And I'm just really trying to figure out ways. Sorry about the background. I'm in downtown Kansas City. Um, (laughs) I'm just really trying to figure out the steps to take uh, in my life personally and also in a relationship to not carry this behavior because also pessimistic thoughts do kick in. I've experienced slight change ups in relationships. So it's kind of like, Oh, see, yeah, if she's changing up on me, she's not the same. She doesn't call me as much like she used to. It gotta be something else. So it's not just my mom. I'm saying that's where it started from, Mm -hmm. but I have been with other women where, okay, they gave me, they just added on to, um, The confirmation as to why I feel that way.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Yep, it's another guy or yep, she's not interested in me anymore and she doesn't have a way of telling me so this is why I'm coming to you for this advice for this help for the uh, light to show me which path to walk down so.
0: Okay. well, you know, first and foremost, thank you for sharing that, because I'm sure it took a lot to be able to express that type of vulnerability. And based on what you told me, it sounds like you are used to having a secure attachment. Right. Which started out with your mom, just you and her. And with that, it it created a sense of safety in you. But then as she began to branch out and start to date and do things, you saw a shift from her attachment to you, to the relationship. And in that, it sounds like you created a sense of abandonment. So as you go on in life and as you start to develop these relationships, things are good until they're not. And then when they're not you. it sounds like you take what you've learned in that secure attachment with your mom and project it into the relationship. And over time, you're saying you don't really like the behaviors that you present because you're figuring it out like, okay, this is how I felt when my mom got her man, right? This is how I felt when I felt abandoned, I felt let go. And so, whenever situations that arise with women that look like abandonment, mm. I'm like, wait, I've seen this before. It's got to be another man. It's got to be something else. It's got to be, you know, and then instead of you wanting to leave that relationship, you probably start to do things over and over that tries to hold on to it. But at the same time, you're trying so hard to hold on to it that you end up sabotaging it. And you want to try not to do that is what I'm hearing you say. Correct. Okay.
1: That's one of my, my main fears is, uh, sabotaging. Okay. Great. So, yeah.
0: Tell me about a time that, you know, you were able to process with your mom a safe, you know, departure where she was able to just kind of go off, do her thing, come back, and you still felt loved, you still felt cared for, you still felt like you mattered. Tell me about a time in which that occurred for you.
1: To be honest with you, if I can find anything close to that, I want to say it's by the time I became a father and my uh, attention focused more on my daughter Um, and just, you know, my mom, she's dated other men after her second marriage and it never bothered me because I was more occupied with something that was more of a priority to my life versus focus on having that little boy, having his mommy back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's the only thing I could like get as close to as much as possible to answer your question. Uh, everything else like just even going from teenage years, it was a point in time we had a conversation and she just felt like she didn't know her son. And I reached a point in my life where at that time to be safe or to protect myself, I hopped on the ship of being numb. Mm -hmm. But with that, that ship sunk down into almost the abyss to where I felt nothing. Mm -hmm. So that day she told me, I looked her dead in her face. No emotion. I told her, yeah, you're right. You don't know your son. And even then, I couldn't even express myself. Mm -hmm. A small part of me wanted to, but it just, I couldn't even get that spark to, to create the flame. So yeah, to answer your question, that's the closest I can get to that is once I became a father and, you know, you know, she went on dated other men, but she'd come around and, you know, to me at that time, yeah, you know, Hey, I still love my mom. I mean, I still do. Um, But at that point in time, it was like, you know what, that's for me, that was out the window Mm -hmm. I didn't. where I'm at now is like, man, I wish I would have knew this, you know, as far as with knowing, hey, the relationship that you have with your mom or just even your upbringing period as a child carries on into adulthood, especially, you know, us being, you know, black, you know, it it, therapy is a form of taboo. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be. Yeah. So because of that, we carry a burden even longer. Uh, so but yeah, to answer your question, that's the closest I can get to with that.
0: <laughs> so it sounds like to me you you, from your perspective, have never really had a, um, a moment in your in you and your mom's relationship where you felt like the security was safe enough to you to, for you to feel like okay, this is cool. She left. She came back. We're good until you had something else to do until you were distracted. That's the only reason why you found safety, because you had something else to occupy your time. Right. Tell me about. Your dad.
1: So my father, I never got the opportunity to meet him. Um, I was born in 89. So, of course, even back then in those times, that's when you know the powers that be gave you the option if you were in trouble with the law to either join a service or you serve your time in the penitentiary uh, my father took the route of uh joining uh the navy unfortunately he was uh murdered on base so i never got the opportunity to meet him okay i say, uh, as far as with father figures the only person closest to that was my uncle but he did not live in the same city and state.
0: Okay. You know, I don't think people realize this, but even hearing about the loss of a parent or the loss of a loved one can cause an attachment issue, right? It can vicariously make you feel abandoned. You know, it's and it's and it's still a form of trauma when you hear about a part of you that has passed on that you never got a chance to meet. You start to internalize that um, that absence and you start to feel like, okay, well, this was a part of me that I never get to explore. I never got to to see. It's the same concept that children who are adopted experience. You know, Mm -hmm. so while you've never met him and while you've never got the chance to connect with him, um, there's still a piece of abandonment there from that relationship or the absence of that because he departed before you could actually develop um, some form of dynamic. So what that creates is separation anxiety with the living Mm -hmm. parent. Right. So what separation anxiety is, is this fear of like, hey, don't leave me, don't leave me or this fear that if you go, you're not going to come back because you've already heard about one parent leaving this earth. So now you have another one and you're here with her and you guys are close or, you know, at least that's the safe parent for you because she's there. So. Any any inkling of, OK, you're leaving me or you're going to go can create a form of, of separation anxiety. And it sounds like when that happened in her relationships and you have to kind of sit there and witness this. And yeah. I tell people all the time when you get into a relationship and you have children, it's really important to introduce them in the right way. You know what I'm saying? Transition this in the right way, because some parents will move on and they have kids and they'll just introduce a new person to the family like, oh, this is so and so. There's no real, like, get to know, there's no real transition. It's more of the, I'm the adult, this is my man or this is my woman, and boom, here this person is in your house, on your couch, eating your food. Now y'all moving and transitioning, and you're like, I don't even know this person, right? right. So that in of itself makes you subconsciously create a territorial type of attachment, because now you're like, I don't even really know this dude. Yes. But I know my mama and all I know is I see my mama listening to this dude and doing what this dude say. So I feel like my position is a little threatened. So now I got to jump in and be Mm -hmm. a little territorial in this in this game. And when that happens and then you feel like your, quote unquote, territorial position is not welcomed warmly, then -hmm. you feel rejected. So on top of abandonment, you start to feel like your position is threatened. And then when you try to claim your position as a child, you know, because we're not talking about adult men. We're not talking about that. We're talking about children here. When that happens, then you feel rejected and you feel like your feelings are not valid and you feel like you're not supposed to have feelings and you're not supposed to, you know, um, feel this kind of way. So then you reject your own emotions and you go into this shell and now you're in survival mode. Right. With your emotions. Right. So then as you get older, you're just learning by doing you're watching other people, you modeling behaviors, you figuring out as you go along, especially if that closure or let's say you did go back and try to talk to your mom if she didn't recognize the position that you had or how you felt then chances are they probably weren't validated. Your feelings, your thoughts, or ideas were not validated in the way that you needed them to be so that you could successfully move on and not take it personal. Right. Because the reality is this, no matter who your mom married, dated, whatever, what she did or didn't do had nothing to do with her love for you. It had nothing to do with her uh, trying to replace you or move you or any of the thoughts that come along with feeling rejected or abandoned. Mm. But as a child, you don't really know that. You take it personal anyway. Right. So because you're taking it personal, you grow up and you start to project those things. You just know, all you know is you don't want to feel that way again. That's all you know. (laughs) All you know is I don't want to feel this way again. Whether it was personal or not, I don't want to feel this. Exactly. (laughs) And as you begin to have secure attachments and relationships with other people, your peers, other women, and they start to cater to you and give to you, it starts to feel good. And you start to remember a time when you felt good like that when you felt safe you felt secure and then something happens and it triggers like you said it triggers a thought that oh shit somebody's gonna leave me <laughs> oh oh wait okay you didn't call me back um the other day like you said you would what was going on are you dating somebody are you seeing somebody else do you not care anymore do you not love me anymore and so now that looks like what you describe as clingy behavior but we call that um dismiss the fearful attachment style of, you know, therapy, right. Or of attachment style. So you want to try to preserve it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I would suggest is that you separate then from now. I think part of it becomes when you, when you have that type of abandonment or you feel rejected in that way, it wears on your self-esteem. Right. So when you start to question whether or not you're worthy of love or whether or not you're valuable, that's where all that stuff comes in. Because you're like, well, if you didn't question your worth, your worthiness or if you didn't question who you were, there would be no question or concern about whether or not somebody's going to leave your life. Because you'll right. know, like, I'm valuable. Even if this person leaves me, I'll be fine. But that's not what you think, which is why uh-huh. you have the anxiety. So the first, the, the first way to get through this situation would be to reevaluate your self-worth, reevaluate your self-esteem and know that it is totally separate from whatever you didn't get from your mom. It's not a reflection of what you didn't get from your mom, because what you didn't get from your mom has nothing to do with you. It has nothing right. to do with your position. What you missed out on as a child has nothing to do with you as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, and you also have to look at evidence to support to support the fact that you are valuable. I'm sure your daughter loves you. You know, I'm sure that there are other accomplishments in your life to where you feel like, okay, I've mastered that. I've done that. You know, but when we feel some kind of way, it's hard for us to get to that point where we see the glory. Right. Because we're so busy looking what we lost, what we missed out on, what we did not get, that we can't even really see the wins. Mm -hmm. Tell me at least three wins that you've had in the past year. Just
1: three.
0: Past year? Past
1: year. I mean, in a a place of being grateful, uh, (laughs) um... I, I still have my job since the pandemic began.
0: All right, proof number one that you're worthy. Go ahead, what's, what's, give me uh, give me two more.
1: Um, uh, <laughs> what I guess I could say didn't catch the virus. I mean, and, and just being around handling certain things that contain it.
0: All right, number two, um, that's so, proof so number so two been, that you that you are valuable and you have contributed, you know, yes. to society by staying safe and keeping a social distance. All right.
1: Um. The other one is I, w- I would have to say that, yes, I am currently and and we can go back to the end of 2020. I, I did start a new relationship, which is much more um, the vulnerability is there on both ends. The communication is much more better than what I've experienced, not only in relationships, but even going back to how it was between me and my mom. So you know, it's new. It's something that everybody deserves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, however, because, you know, I was so used to certain things, I still have to remind myself as much as possible. Okay. This is not what's going on. You're getting what you've been asking for now. Mm-hmm. This is something that everybody needs. Not everybody gets this opportunity. So I have to, every now and then I do forget, but I have to remind myself that this is good. But at times when it is time to communicate, I I do get a little choked up, not on some crying type stuff, but more so like getting my words out because I've never been used to have, you know, getting the opportunity and mm-hmm. the freedom mm-hmm. to express my thoughts and especially as a man, my feelings.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: So In the last year, those are my three.
0: That in and of itself, number three, is one of the most powerful ones of them all. And not to discount the other two, you know, having employment, staying healthy is definitely great. But being able to evaluate yourself for the sake of loving someone else is is powerful and that is a skill I think a lot of people don't have and it's a it's a skill that I think a lot of a lot of men sometimes don't really take on for the sake of looking vulnerable like you see right now what's going on with Russell Wilson people are like oh he's (laughs) they just don't know the power of vulnerability or just the power of being able to own your emotions and you said something a minute ago when you said you know We're both we're both vulnerable. You know, you were okay with that. And that in of itself is very powerful. And the fact that you're here, you know, trying to figure out how do I not sabotage this? How do I make this work? Because, you know, you're worthy of love. You know, you're worthy of that because if you didn't think you were worthy, you wouldn't keep trying. (laughs) <laughs> you wouldn't keep trying. You'd have been throwing the towel. You'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. I, I I, can't do it. But you keep trying despite the abandonment and the neglect that you have felt emotionally throughout your life. You still try because, you know, I got some love to give. At least that's what I'm hearing you say. I got some love to give and somebody going to get this love. I'm gonna keep trying and I'm gonna figure out how to make this work. And I think that that in and of itself is very, very, very powerful. And And I want you to give yourself credit for that. You got to give yourself credit for that. You know, I mean, just just here in and of itself, just listening to you. I'm like, okay, all right. I I really like the effort that this man is making to be able to say, hey, I want I I have a relationship. I want to maintain this relationship. I'm learning some things about myself in this relationship because that's what relationships all about. It's about learning about yourself. It ain't really about learning about other people. Right. It's about paying attention to you and how you respond to certain things and how you do certain things. That's the purpose of relationship, how we relate to one another. Right. If you're gonna come out of a relationship the same, you did th- that relationship was a waste of time.
1: Exactly. Total waste <laughs>
0: of time. So you are evaluating yourself and you are doing exactly what the relationship was designed to do. Help mm-hmm. you look at yourself. And what you've learned about yourself is that you have a fear of being left while you are still loving someone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a fear a lot of people have, but they just don't admit it. Yeah. When you feel rejected or when you have the urge to check on something i want you to consider other possibilities in that time if you call your girl and she don't answer or she doesn't do something right away come up with other possibilities what else could be going on right now what can i do in the meantime if you have to create a checklist for yourself the go through before you go to that place of feeling rejected or feeling abandoned or feeling like you need to question it, then do that. Have at least six steps (laughs) of things that you Mm -hmm. can do before starting to feel rejected or abandoned. Mm -hmm. I would suggest you do that. I would suggest you have something like what we used to call what urge cards. We have the urge of doing something. So we'll put the urge on one side of the car and then turn the card over. And there's the list of the things you can do to decrease the urge. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe you can create an urge card. that says, OK, reject it. And on the back of it, a list of things that you can do to kind of come up with to, to to decrease the urge of feeling rejected. You know, whether that looks like, hey, go for a walk, go work out, consider other possibilities. Maybe she's sleep. Maybe she at work. Maybe she's tired. Right. You What you cannot do is tell yourself that you are unlovable and that it's over. Mm. Yeah, that's what you so, cannot do.
1: I'm definitely going to take heed to that message in. And- You know, once again, I thank you for this time. Um, I will say I'm glad that that things unfolded as far as with between me and her. Um, And I I say that because everything to me is also divine timing. Mm -hmm. So um, like right now, she just recently uh, relocated to Dallas for a job opportunity. And uh, she also has a child of her own. So a part of me got so used to how it was back where she was originally uh, located to where I knew things would change as far as we're just trying to become established and get settled in. However, I left out other details that, oh, there's going to be times where she's not going to be be able to call you all of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, the text messages. The responses in the text messages may be a little bit slower. And, you know, and even then, if you all do talk, conversation may be a little bit shorter. So it was a point in time where I just kind of kept it honest with myself. And I asked her, you know, hey, does it seem like I'm coming off clingy, needy? Do you feel smothered? That was the only questions I asked. I didn't ask, what is it do you think I can do? Obviously, I know that she could never give me that answer and what I'm receiving from you today. Yeah. Uh, So I'm just thankful that that happened to spark something in me to be able to reach out to you, because it's not um, an unfamiliar behavior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, being in the, the level of maturity and, you know, being in a better state of being ready to love, I know, hey, I don't want to carry this with me. Yeah. You know, so that's why I'm here. Well, you
0: know what, Terrence, I challenge you to take it a little step further because let's just say, for instance, let's just say she doesn't, you know, respond right away or don't call right away, regardless of who it is. Let's say that they decide they don't want the relationship anymore. You still Mm -hmm. have an obligation to yourself to know that regardless of what anybody else is doing, you're still worthy and that whatever they don't do, just like with your mom, whatever she didn't do, it still has nothing to do with you and whatever they don't do. It still has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Now, it could be a moment where they say, okay, you know what? I feel like you're calling too much, t- too much texting too much. I feel like you're concerned too much, whatever. Have that conversation like you did, which is what I, why I think that the relationship you're in now sounds healthy because you can have that dialogue and not feel like crap when you're done being vulnerable and saying, look, this is a behavior that I'm trying to manage, but I want to make sure I don't ruin this. So let's talk about this. That's mature. That's what's supposed to go down. But let's just say somewhere along the line, it's not a good fit and it doesn't work out, where does that leave you? I would challenge you to evaluate that because that's where your real work is gonna come in. True. You you are valuable regardless of how anybody responds to you. And that's that's the part that needs to be present when you're in a relationship or just even when you're alone. Right. Because let's say you're single when you have abandonment issues or you have issues with feeling like fearful of um, running away of love or fearful of somebody leaving you. Um, the thought process becomes uh, nobody wants me. I'm going to be by myself forever or I'm no good at this or my mama left me. So I know somebody else. Gonna leave. You know what I'm saying? We don't want you to go down that road. Right. So every day you got to do something that brings you a sense of achievement, closeness and enjoyment outside of the relationship, Mm -hmm. because that increases your value, that increases your self-worth. It keeps your self-esteem at a level of stability so that no matter what's going on in the relationship, because relationships in and of itself can, especially when you've given so much of yourself to the relationship, it it will affect who you are as a person. That's natural. That's natural. When you love a person, it, it subconsciously gives them power over you. Right. And mm-hmm. that that is why work has to be done with self. Right. And you have to be strong with self because she can have a bad day at work and still be like, I want to talk to you. I want to deal with you. You got to <laughs> know that it ain't about you. Right. You got to be strong <laughs> enough to be like, "All right, call me when you feel better. Right. <laughs> and, and go on about your business and then right. talk to her when you feel better and know that the relationship is still solid. Things are going to be good. And then have a conversation about, you know, when you have a bad day at work, I'm going to need you to uh, come at this a little different. You know what I'm saying? Like it has to yeah. get to that point. Yeah versus her saying, I'm, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be bothered with you. And you say, well, what did I say? What did I do? Did I do anything? And calling and texting you okay? Did I do it? What did I do wrong? Cause now you're walking on eggshells mm-hmm. and needles and you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out how do I fix this? Cause I don't want her to leave. And you ain't did nothing. Right. What do you think that does sometimes for somebody? And I'm not saying this is her, but think about the narcissists that are walking around on this earth. They will have a field day with you, a field day.
1: You know what? <laughs> <A> field <laughs> day <laughs> with you. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been there at least twice in my life. I've, I've way before her. One, one of them is the the mother of my my kids. We actually have two girls together. Uh, so I, I I dealt with that with her. That was my first round of of dealing with a narcissist. <clears throat> and my second round is what like really you know was the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, so <laughs> yeah, field day, field trip, vacation, amusement park, you know, <laughs> all of that. So I, I get exactly what you're saying. <laughs> yeah,
0: people pleasers are a narcissist playground. You gotta be careful. Yeah, be careful. And luckily it just sounds like you have a good one this time, or at least a healthy one. And mm-hmm. you guys are able to talk and dialogue, but I would definitely suggest that, you know, you really evaluate and have a plan to deal with the anxiety and know that it's not about you so really really make sure you don't take it personal use the skills you know do the card i would suggest and you know do things to improve your level of self-worth and self-care so that you know you're good regardless of what goes wrong or right in the relationship right so yeah yeah, but yeah, you got yeah. this though you got this
1: oh, I do oh, I do. <laughs>
0: well, I hope you guys out there listening were able to kind of you know understand what Terrence is going through and what he's expressed and hopefully you guys can relate and get some insight and some skills yourself um, in the meantime you guys can follow me on Instagram at author underscore Nia and I will catch you mm-hmm. next go round thank you so much Terrence for doing it with Nia B I appreciate you
1: have All a good right. one alright you so too doing it